You know, we have a new president coming, and for many of us, myself included, we're very upset by that. And a lot of people are saying, give Trump a chance. Give Donald Trump a chance. Give Donald Trump's appointments, nominations, decisions a chance. But, you know, that's really hard to do. If you recall, when we Democrats were asking Republicans to give Barack Obama a chance, the Senate Majority Leader, on more than one occasion, made it clear that it was his job, his job, to block, obstruct, prevent anything that President Obama wanted to get through. As a matter of fact, he even said it was his goal to make him a one-term president. Do you remember that? He didn't succeed. And you may know, I need to remind you, that there's a man named Merrick Garland, a judge who's more moderate and highly qualified, that still has not been heard and still has not been voted on by members in our Senate, Republicans who have the majority and will keep that majority, and Republicans who felt, hey, no, you know what, we we, we don't even want, we, we don't want to even talk to this guy. We don't want to, you know, vote on this guy. We're going to wait, hopefully, when our guy comes in. But, hey, folks, let's all be fair. Hey, folks, let's give him and everyone he wants a chance. Well, some Democrats are saying what goes around comes around. Paybacks, uh, you know what. Delay tactics by Democrats, many of which who are already planning to do so and are quite vocal about it, could sap momentum from President Trump coming up the first 100 days. The Democrats in the Senate are preparing to put Donald Trump's cabinet picks through a grinding confirmation process weighing delay tactics that could eat up weeks of the Senate calendar. And what would that do? It would hamper Donald Trump's first 100 days in office. And you want to hamper. If a, pre- if a president and his folks are going to undo everything you worked the last eight to do and try and derail any legacy that your guy had. Multiple Democratic senators told Politico in interviews just this past week, after watching Republicans sit on that nomination of Merrick Garland for the Supreme Court for nearly a year, they're in no mood to fast-track Trump selections. Now, some of you say, Leslie, but tit for tat, exacting revenge, that's not professional, that's not political. I mean, that's not grown up, and that's more than political. But it's not just about exacting revenge, folks. Democrats argue that some of the president-elect's more controversial cabinet picks, I mean, for example, I talked about this on TV today, Jeff Sessions for attorney general, and Steve, how do you say his name, guys? Mnuchin? Mnuchin. I'm sorry, say it again? Mnuchin. Mnuchin, okay, like Mnuchin. Uh, Jeff Sessions for attorney general and Stephen Mnuchin, Mnuchin for treasury secretary, um, they, they, they're saying, look, we're not saying we're not, we're not going to give the thumbs up, and even if they give the thumbs down, remember, except... Four, one, all of these individuals need 51 votes to get through. But you have to have a screening, and they're demanding a thorough public airing. This is what fumed Senator Brown, Democrat from Ohio, said, quote, 
They've been rewarded for stealing a Supreme Court justice. We're going to help them confirm their nominees, many of whom are disqualified. It's not obstruction. It's not partisan. It's just a duty to find out what they do in these jobs. Now, I agree not with exacting revenge, not with being tip for tap, but I agree with regard to the constituents of, of the Democrats in the Senate who owe their voters and the American people to know as much as possible about each of these individuals. Because there's so much fake news out there, right? Now, Senate Democrats cannot block Donald Trump's appointment, so let's be clear, okay? In all but one case, there were only 51 confirmation votes needed. But they can turn this confirmation process into a slow slog. Any individual senator can force Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to hold procedural votes on nominees. And senior Democrats said in a series of such votes are likely for many of Trump's picks. Democrats actually could conceivably force up to 30 hours of debate for each cabinet nominee. It would be highly disruptive for a GOP Senate because they usually work limited hours, and they have a lot on their ambitions check off to do to mess up Democrats and Obama's legacy for the next year. Now, the minority, the Democrats, could also stymie lower-level nominees and potentially keep the Senate focused on executive confirmation for weeks as Trump assumes the presidency and congressional Republicans try to capitalize on their political momentum. Here's what Senator Chris Coons, a Democrat from Delaware, said, quote, I don't want to needlessly prevent President Trump from being successful, but accelerating the confirmation of unacceptable candidates who have views that are outside the mainstream is not constructive. Eight years ago, when the roles were reversed, Barack Obama was taking office, and there was an all-Democratic Congress. Republicans were mostly deferential to President Obama. On his first day in office, the Senate confirmed seven of his cabinet nominees. And by the end of that week, it had cleared more than a dozen senior-level positions. Oh, by the way, they had one dissent. Hillary Clinton's nomination to be Secretary of State, if you remember, the GOP demanded a roll call. But Trump is not going to be receiving the same treatment if those speaking out on the Democratic side have their way. Quote, there should be recorded votes, in my view, on every one of the president's cabinet nominees. That's what Senator Richard Blumenthal, Democrat of Connecticut, said. Having all of these hearings before the inaugural in a thorough and fair fashion seems very difficult to do. And Republicans, well, they're already chafing at the prospect of Democrats drawing out this confirmation process. Quote, it is always the intention at the start of a new administration to have a smooth transition. That's something President Obama recently called for, and that Democrats always say they want. That's Don Stewart, spokesman for Mitch McConnell. Quote, when the shoe was on the other foot, Republicans worked with Democrats to confirm the president's cabinet in a very, very timely manner. But there are appointees people have a problem with. Now, some appointees, Elaine Chow's nomination to lead the Transportation Department, they're unlikely to be delayed. But Democrats are going to force retired Marine General James Mattis to get those votes he needs. He needs 60, not 51. 60 votes for a legislative waiter to become Secretary of Defense, and they're singling out at least four other nominations for strict, uh, strict scrutiny. And I agree with the four that they've chosen. I'll tell you about those in a minute. Trump has made selections for fewer than half of his cabinet and senior-level positions. He's going to be saying, or he's vowed to say, he'll name the rest of them within the week. Democrats are likely to require roll-call votes and possibly delay the nominations of Betsy DeVos to be Secretary of Education, Tom Price to be Health and Human Services Secretary, 
In addition, General Mattis, like I just mentioned, Mnuchin, and Sessions. The Attorney General nominee is going to have a really rough ride, okay? He was, Jeff Sessions, dissed by the Senate once for his racism. Thirty years ago, the chamber rejected him to become a federal judge, which is lower than an attorney general. Historically, the Senate began hearings before Inauguration Day for every attorney general nominee for a newly elected, pre- newly elected president since uh, Dwight, Dwight Eisenhower. And that was the exception of a nominee carried over by George H.W. Bush from the Reagan administration. He was approved without a hearing. Now, incoming Senate Judiciary Committee ranking member Dianne Feinstein, Democrat from the state I'm in in California, said she highly doubts Sessions is going to be confirmed on Inauguration Day. And she, like other Democrats that were interviewed with Politico, they said that Republicans' treatment of Garland is impossible to forget. She said, quote, past is present, and what goes around comes around. Now, those are pretty hackneyed sayings, but those are really true around here. Not all Democrats, by the way, feel that way. Joe Manchin, Senator of West Virginia, says it's BS. Oh, by the way... I'm sorry, but Joe Manchin, in my opinion, he ain't even a Democrat, okay? <laughs> I don't think he's a Democrat. I really do. He said, my God, I think we should have an attorney general in place on January 20th. I sure believe that. He was one of five Democratic senators up for re-election in states that overwhelmingly supported Trump. But because of Senate rules, there's little Manchin or even other skeptical Democrats can do to stop individual lawmakers' intent on drawing out this confirmation process. Senator John Tester, a Democrat from Montana, a former teacher who does not sit on the committee that will vote for the education vet for the education secretary, said he'd wait to make a decision until he brings her in his office and discusses rural schooling issues. And the list goes on, one of which is Ben Carson. A lot of people don't understand how somebody with zero experience in housing, zero experience in urban development, zero experience in politics and Washington, and as a neurosurgeon, wouldn't be looking at Surgeon General rather than Housing and Urban Development Secretary. So I have some questions for you, and I'd love for you to join me at 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. One, should Democrats give Republicans a taste of their own medicine when it comes to Trump being president? Should they? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And like I said, remember when Mitch McConnell came out the day after Obama was elected and said they were going to do everything they could to make him a one-term president. Isn't that giving him a chance? Isn't that uniting and working together for the American people? No, it isn't. So should Democrats give Republicans a taste of their own medicine when it comes to Trump being president and, 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 you know, drag their feet on these nominees. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Steve Mnuchin, was the, Steve Mnuchin was the biggest donor to the Trump campaign. Betsy DeVos, she wasn't far behind. How's this draining the swamp? Isn't this the de- definition of pay-to-play politics? Isn't this a little quid pro quo, folks? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Which of any of the Trump cabinet picks worry you the most and why? Which of Trump's cabinet picks worry you the most and why? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Senate Democrats are preparing to put Donald Trump's cabinet picks through a grinding confirmation process, weighing delay tactics that could eat up weeks of the Senate calendar and hamper his first 100 days in office. Should this 
happen anyway. I mean, don't we want full vetting of our politicians, our leaders, our cabinet, and not just refugees? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And most of these appointments have no experience. Ben Carson, for example. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. It's not obstruction. It's not partisan. It's just a duty to find out what they do in these jobs. That's what Senator Brown, Democrat from Ohio, said. Do you agree regarding his, Trump's, cabinet appointments? Yes or no? Why or why not? Is it a duty for the Democrats to find out what would these people do in these jobs? Especially if they have no experience and if they've written big checks to the Trump campaign. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Now, Senate Democrats, I mentioned, cannot block the appointments. In all but one case, they need only 51 votes for confirmation. But they can turn the process into a slog. Should they? Should they hamper the president-elect's first 100 days? Should they hamper the Senate's ability to move forward, dismantling everything they work to do? 888 leslie 888-653-7543. Democrats could conceivably force up to 30 hours of debate for each cabinet nominee. That would be highly disruptive for a GOP Senate. They usually have limited work hours, big ambitions for next year. Um, Finally, we're going to see some productivity from Republicans after eight years, right? But what kind of productivity? And is it in the best interest of the Democrats' constituents? So should the Democrats force 30 hours of debate for each cabinet nominee, or do you as a voter and taxpayer don't want your time and money wasted? And is it a waste of time and money in your opinion? 888-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Which of Trump's cabinet appointments do you feel most deserve to have a roll call in the Senate? Jeff Sessions, Betsy DeVos, Mnuchin, General Mattis, 888-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And should Democrats drag their feet at every step of the way during this administration? And is that all they can do since they don't have a majority? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Pick up the phone and join me. We're going to take a break and come back to you. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at Leslie Marshall is the way to do it. We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome back. Only True Democracy in Talk Radio. We're talking about Democrats who may drag their feet confirming Donald Trump's appointments. They can't stop them, but they could delay them, the Senate, from going forward with uh, voting on certain things and proposing legislation and disrupt the 100 days, the first 100 days of Donald Trump. Some say what goes around comes around. They're calling the Garland effect. What do you say? Should Democrats do this or not, and why? Which of these appointments concerns you the most? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Maria's in Phoenix on line one, listening on KPHX Radio. Hey, Maria. Hey, Leslie. Um, you know what? Hell yes. Hell yes. We should do everything that we can in our power to obstruct, give them some of their own medicine, because we are Democrats. But as Democrats, you know what? We need to start growing a backbone because we're not chumps and we need to stop acting like chumps because I think that's part of the reason the the Republicans have taken advantages for all, for as long as I've, you know, been listening and watching politics. They're like that kid that if you let them do whatever they want, they're going to do that and a lot more. And it's about time that if we are going to start acting like parents, then you know what? We need to put our foot down. So, hell yeah. Okay, very well said. Anything else, dear? No, ma'am. I love your show. 
Thank you, Sandy. Appreciate that. Really do appreciate that. Not Sandy. I'm sorry. I'm renaming you there. We got a Sandy on hold. Uh, thank you very much, Maria. Appreciate that. Um, uh, let's. Uh, you know what? We have less than a minute to break. So if you're holding, hang on. We're coming to you. If you want to join us, pick up the phone and do so. Paybacks. You know what? But is this something Democrats should do? They're calling it the Garland effect. Or do you think no? Just do you, do you believe in the support Trump? You know, let's try and all work together. Or do you say, no, Democrats have a responsibility because some of these people, like Ben Carson, have no experience. Or like Jeff Sessions, have really alleged shady backgrounds that resulted in him being denied a federal judgeship 30 years ago. Pick up the phone and join me when we finish with a call. Your cue to call through 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Pick up the phone and join me now, 888-6-LESLIE. We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. We are talking about Donald Trump, who is going to have to have uh, confirmations with a 51-vote, except for one, General Mattis, who you need uh, 60, and it's a little bit different because he is military. There's a two-step process there. Um, But the bottom line is Democrats have the ability not to block, but to drag out and slow down the process greatly, hindering the president-elect's first 100 days and the Senate Republicans' in their agenda, and their very aggressive agenda that they plan to take on starting in January. Do you think Democrats should do this? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543, which, if any of the appointments uh, bug you, and why. Let's go to Michelle in Phoenix, Line 2, listening on KPHX Radio. Michelle, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for joining us. I am all for doing whatever needs to be done if you think that that's the best process of our government go for it if republicans you know i am a conservative republican and frankly these are the highest offices in our land if they can't take it they don't belong there so you know bring it it's a good thing okay so you you know you say bring it you know my thing is you know this seems to be an administration and Republicans are now falling in line that they just want everything and everyone heavily vetted, whether it's health care, whether it's a, a refugee, whether it's somebody who's been here in the United States for decades and they're not documented. Mm-hmm. Heck, why not our politicians? Absolutely. And that's the great part of our government. It's designed for conflict. It's set up so that you really have to have a majority of opinion to you know, so no one side gets to really run the whole show. So exercising that, you know, process is a good thing for our country. It keeps it in balance. You know, everybody's afraid of conflict or they're afraid of it, you know, being hard. But that's a good thing. You know, that's part of what makes us a republic. Oh, I agree with you. Anything else? That's it. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Michelle. Good talking to you. That's my middle name, so I liked you already. Uh, Let's go to Mimi in Santa Fe, New Mexico, Line 4, listening on KTRC Radio. Hey, Mimi, good afternoon. Hi. How are you, Leslie? Good, Mimi. We've got got an all-chick brigade going here. I like this. Hey, Mimi. Yeah. (laughs) All starting with the letter M. Yes, very true. Very true. Right. Um, You know, I don't think it's a question of giving them a taste of their own medicine. I think that's, you know, they might um, try to, uh, you know, they might try to spin it that way. The, the Republicans might try to spin it that way. But 
I think we need to grill every single thing that they do and give as much exposure to that so that everybody sees the debate, hears the debate, and knows what the qualifications or the lack of qualifications are of each of these candidates because they've, they've um, done some kind of scary uh, picking so far. You know, I have to agree. Uh, you know, it, some of the things that Ben Carson has said as an example really uh, bother me. I mean, this is a man I just don't think. He, he, he comes off to me as a bit elitist. Sure, he grew up in uh, an impoverished area of Detroit, um, but when we go back to his home, on, we watch documentaries or interviews on TV, we don't see a man that came from the projects, and I don't think he fully understands the struggle um, of those who are definitely in need um, of housing, and not just that. You know, you know, there's a fire that's happening. Unfortunately, more than 40 people have died now in Oakland, California. I'm sure you're right. familiar with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, my brother-in-law lives in San Francisco. He makes very good money. He works in cyber uh, cybersecurity, and he and he said, and this was reported today, I think, on NPR, that you can make two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. But you cannot afford to buy a home in or around San Francisco, Silicon Valley, because the ha- what's happened is the housing prices have shot up so high that people that normally are above middle income are buying homes that middle income people used to live in. The middle income people have to buy the homes that the lower income people were living in. And the homeless rate in San Francisco and the surrounding area is off the charts. And the reason so many of these artists were living the way they were living in uh, terrible conditions in Oakland, in a structure that, you know, was not up to code, um, it is because of this. It, ben Carson will be in charge of making those decisions in the future, and I fear we're going to see more communities like these communities in Oakland where people are living in unsafe structures, unsafe environments, especially in Northern California, because the prices are just out of reach for rent and purchase. And deregulation is is coming down the pike, and... Also, the Chinese uh, billionaires are buying up our land to get their money out of China, and so that's causing some of the the uh, problems with housing. And also, Ben Carson has absolutely no experience in this area. Yes, and that, that is that is a concern. It really, you know, it really is a concern. Quite frankly, it would be different if he was running for Congress. Because he's not overseeing one area. He's listening to the constituents, and he's working with a body, a governing body, uh, to vote and make decisions, and working largely for the party as well as constituents. Uh, Housing and Urban Development Secretary, very different, very different. Right. And as a matter of fact, I would have understood, look, I would never appoint him anything, but, you know, the guy's a neurosurgeon. Why not uh, Surgeon General? That makes more sense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No? Yeah, Surgeon General because of his background and I, right. I have that an old sense. interview of, of of his way before he um became a candidate for uh president and um that's his background and that's that's his whole um his whole life dedicated. Very good pediatric surgeon. 
Yes, and you know something, um, Vice President-elect Mike Pence, uh, you know, put out today that, you know, Democrats elected a community organizer by questioning, uh, you know, Ben Carson, but uh, our community organizer was a senator when we elected him. You know, it's not like we pulled him out of the community organization and said, hey, be our president. Uh, Very, very different, apples and oranges. Always a pleasure talking to you. Hope to hear from you again, Mimi. Thank you for your call. Milton is up next. No, you don't have to have a first name that begins with M, but what the heck? And Milton has broken the female uh, caller, uh, 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 what did we, I, I can't, uh, spree that we've had, I guess. Milton in Dallas, Texas, online five, uh, listening and follows us on Twitter. Uh, Milton, uh, what, is, uh, what is your um, opinion as to the nominations of Donald Trump? Do you think he's truly draining the swamp here? Oh, no, I mean, I think it's just proof, and I said this from the beginning, I mean, he said he was an outsider, but in reality, he's been in bed with politicians his whole entire life. So the premise that he was going to drain the swamp, I mean, I'm already saying I told you so, because, uh, I mean, I can't remember the guy who, the Treasury, I mean, he worked for Goldman Sachs, but all of the people that he's hiring are all Washington insiders, and, um... I mean, so yeah, there's, there's just, but, but I, I wanted to answer um, whether the Democrats should, should work. This is, this is what I'll say about the, um, about obstructing Trump or, or whatnot. Um, since Obama's leaving office, you know, in a couple of months, and since then, uh, Democrats have lost the House. They lost the Senate. They well, no, were, they didn't lose the House. They didn't have the House, and were not expected to gain the House. They didn't. Oh, are you saying since he was president? I'm sorry, you are right. Saying. Yes, I'm saying since since the, the but Democrats have lost not only you know in Washington but all across uh, the United States. So if if I'm advising Democrats right now, I I would say that's 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 not the way to go. It's it's you've been losing almost for the past. I mean, pretty much the past eight, uh, I guess we, we can say past six years. So for them to obstruct, simply, that, that's what people are tired of. They're, they're tired of these partisan politics, uh, obstructionism. And uh, if they do this for the simple fact that they want to give the, uh, the Republicans a taste of their own medicine, not that they don't deserve it, I mean, it's just, he'll, he'll be able to turn this around and say, you know, I tried my best, and I'm doing my best, but, you know, those pesky Democrats over there, they're just obstructing everything I'm trying to do. And it's not going to bode well for the Democrats, if anything. It's going to be the further erosion and implosion of the Democratic Party. I mean, my advice would be to, you know, not so much go along with everything he does, but at least you, you have to give him a chance. You have to do that. And, uh, if, if, and if he does implode, then he does that all by his lonesome. And then Democrats would have a way to say, hey, you know, the things that he's doing and implementing are working, and we have better ideas, and if we were to implement them, would work. So, um, like I said, if, if, but if, if Democrats want to keep losing, not, not only in Washington, but just across the nation in general, um, then by all means, uh, obs- keep, I mean, obstruct the guy and, and see how it turns out for you. Well, you know something, though? Uh, Republicans, every step of the way, um, obstructed Barack Obama. And yeah, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Right, and they lost the House and the Senate. It took Democrats, it was six years prior Democrats had majority in the House and the Senate, and it right. took them six years to get it back. It, I hope it doesn't take Democrats six years to get it back. Um, I agree with you uh, somewhat. The problem is, the majority of people voted for Hillary Clinton that voted. 
The problem right, but is it's, but it's we had lower voter turnout on both Democrat and Republican sides, and every year, every four years, the voter turnout uh, drops greatly. Another problem is Democrats don't have high voter turnout in the midterms. Uh, another problem is, and, and not a problem, it will be a problem for Republicans, that the reality is that Hispanics are going to be, you know, the majority of this country in 2054. And they overwhelmingly voted for Hillary Clinton. They overwhelmingly historically have voted Democrat. So there are a lot more factors than just what you're talking about. I hear you saying I don't disagree 100%, but you have to speak to your constituents. And the constituents of the Democrats are enraged and outraged that not only will Donald Trump be president, but at some of these um, considerations for these appointments. So, uh, maybe, you know, uh, seriously vetting and a little, you know, foot dragging, I, I don't think that's going, you know, what do you have to lose? You don't have the majority already, perhaps. Milton, thank you for your opinion, sweetie, and for your call. Um, let's go next to Odette in Phoenix, Arizona, on line one, listening on KPHX Radio. Hey, Odette, good afternoon. Hi, thank you so much for your show. You're about the only thing keeping me uh, hanging in there right now, i got to be honest. I'm pissed, depressed, and angry as hell, you know, and what your first caller said from Arizona, hell yes, I concur. I do have to say, you know, that giving him a chance, you know, there's something about that. It's not just him. It's the everyone he's appointing. They're all like white supremacist. I hate to say it, KKK, I don't know how else to say it. You know, Jeff Sessions, they all scare me. You know, he's race, racially charged comments. You know, he was not appointed as a judge 30 years ago. Uh, he made a comment. I thought KKK was okay until I found out they smoked pot. He's uh, right-hand man. I don't think he gets a, what's his name, Banner or whatever. He doesn't get appointed. I guess he picked him. He's you, know, you, know, yeah. you know all about him. And Giuliani. And, uh, oh, my God, the fact that he's even interviewing Petraeus, we know about him, right? I mean, <laughs> knowingly, willingly shared um, classified emails um, is on, let's see, he's on, I can't even think of the word I want to use. Um, anyway, he resigned in shame, and um, the fact that he's even looking at him, but the thing is, their agenda is so clear, you know, and he can say all he wants about we need to be unified, but his actions say something absolutely 110% different with who he's appointing. I mean, I mean, I just know way too much, and it's just so sad and scary about women. And, you know, like in Texas, I guess they're property of the state now, you know, if they get an abortion, then they have to have, like, uh, you know, a, uh, a funeral for fetal tissue, whether it's an abortion or a miscarriage, and I could go on and on, you know. I, I do want to. I do want to say something high road, though. I, I I I commend. There are some Republicans that are actually moderate and reasonable, and I have to say, Jeff Flake. I don't know everything about him, but I commend him from day one. He did not support Donald Trump, and I he put country before party. He's a man of integrity for that, and I commend him for that. And there there definitely are some that are. I take heart, like in the Senate. You know, even though we're not going to have the majority that. Hopefully there's going to be enough people in there that we can at least, we have to fight. I mean, it's, it's about our civil rights. You know, it's, it's, a, it's more than giving him a chance. You know what I mean? And you, you can't walk back all the things that he's said and done, uh, offended about every group under the sun. I mean. I agree. I agree. Do yeah. we lose our 
Oh, yeah, okay. Odette, thank you for your call, sweetie. We're going to take a break, and I, I, I agree with you. I still can't wrap my head around it. There's a guy that keeps posting on Twitter or Facebook uh, the video of Donald Trump mocking the disabled man, and, put, and I thought this would have been the end of it. Uh, my mom's a Christian who voted for Hillary Clinton and asks how other Christians could, uh, in good conscience, vote for a man who mocked somebody who is disabled. Because remember, many people disabled are born that way. And it's Christians who say God doesn't make mistakes, remember? I'm Leslie Marshall. We'll be back after this. Leslie Marshall, welcome, welcome back. Only True Democracy and Talk Radio. We're talking about Democrats obstructing Donald Trump's uh, appointments. And uh, obstructing in the sense that they would delay the process. They would drag the process out. They would want hours of, you know, hearings on each of uh, the individuals. And that would really make it harder for the first 100 days for Trump and also for the GOP in the Senate, especially, uh, within our chambers of Congress. I'll pick up the phone and join us and tell me if you think this is the right thing for Democrats to do, um, you know, or is this just being petty and tit for tat? They're calling it the Garland effect, some of them. What goes around comes around. Do you agree or disagree? Let's go to the calls. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Michael in the Bronx is online, too. Michael, thank you for joining us. What's your take on this? Hi, Leslie. First off, just just for starters, for all these GOPs that always say, uh, give Donald Trump um, a chance, give him a chance, you know, where was the same call for solidarity with uh, Barack Obama's first 100 days in office, you're the same right-wingers that say he's a Muslim, he's not an American, and want to obstruct him every way, every way um, shape or possible. And then having said that, uh, when it comes to Donald Trump, I would say take it case by case by case, because you don't want to appear as a tit-for-tat or um, being petty or anything like that. The thing is, when Democrats filibuster something or block something, they do it because of a good reason. They see a potential bill or a potential law that's going to hurt the average American and not just doing it out of spite, as the GOPs did. And that's what makes one major difference. The GOP with the Democrats, we do it within reason, and the GOPs do not. I think, I, think, I, I don't know how... Any simpler, I can make that. Okay. Um, thank you, Michael. I appreciate your call as always. 8886-LESLIE, 8886537543 is the number. And by the way, for people that are curious what happened 30 years ago with Jeff Sessions, he was denied a federal judgeship, I mentioned. He was 39 at the time and a U.S. attorney in Alabama. The Senate Judiciary Committee heard testimony hearings in March and May of 1986. And what they heard is that he had made racist remarks calling the NAACP and the ACLU un-American. Thomas Figures, who was a black assistant U.S. attorney and who worked with Sessions, testified uh, before the committee that Sessions called him boy on multiple occasions, joked about the KKK, saying he thought the Klan members were okay until he learned they smoked marijuana. And on why he never spoke up against Sessions, which he was asked under oath, he, uh, when, when, you know, allegedly, you know, using uh, the term boy, he said, I felt that if I had said anything, I reacted in a manner which I thought appropriate, I thought I would be fired. Now, of course, Sessions angrily denied the allegations at the time. His office did not respond to a recent request for comments on this uh, by CNN and others. Um, he told the Senate Judiciary Committee, I'm not a racist, I'm not insensitive to blacks, I've supported civil rights activity in my state, I've done my job with integrity, equal equality, and fairness uh, for all. He said he detested the Klan, called the assertion that he made those statements ludicrous, but the problem is he's not the only one 
who made such statements. J. Gerald Herbert, who was a Justice Department lawyer, also testified that Sessions told him the NAACP and ACLU were un-American and communist-inspired. Uh, Herbert now directs a voting program at the Campaign Lethal Center in Washington. He says he stands by that testimony that he gave 30 years ago. He said things that I heard uh, firsthand from him were things that demonstrated gross racial insensitivity to black citizens of the state of Alabama and the United States of America. And uh, the list uh, goes on and on, and that is going to come up. I'm Leslie Marshall. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you'll be back tomorrow, same da- same time, same uh, channel. Uh, here, you can listen to us on radio. You can listen to us online. And uh, speaking of online, follow me on Twitter at Leslie Marshall. And go to our website, lesliemarshallshow.com. Mark and Andrew, thank you, my great crew. I'm Leslie Marshall. Have a great afternoon and evening.